My dear listeners, I hope today is going amazing for you. Join me on my podcast as I share stories of people just like you who made bold decisions in their lives and in turn, they live their dreams. As they say, it's up to you to make it happen. This show is sponsored by BioMental, all natural nutritional supplements for your daily needs. Always stay healthy, strong and focused, and the rest will follow. To learn more, go to biomental.org. Hello everyone, today we're meeting Crystal Lavender. She's an author of her own book, Say You Love. Also, she is a coach and an artist, a musician. Uh, hi, Crystal. Nice Hello. to meet you. Thank, Thank you for you joining us today. Yes. And uh, let's start a conversation with diving into your story of overcoming your personal challenges in the past. If you can just reflect on, uh, you know, share with the listeners, uh, how was it for you in that journey? And uh, what kind of lessons did you uh, learn through it and how did it make you stronger well it started in um <clears throat> las vegas nevada in 1994 um we had just moved into a trailer park off of washington avenue it was like our brand new start away from our cockroach infested apartments i was so excited to finally have my own room again because me and my mom shared a bedroom for a long time and my 13th birthday came with a lot of new changes. Like I had a phone that was now super glued to my head, you know, my very own room. And then there was this cute older guy with his own place and own car that wanted me of all people to show up at his house. So mm -hmm. I devised a plan to sneak out of my house for the very first time. <clears throat> and the very first time that I snuck out of my house was the very first time that I was introduced to, introduced to it and the very first time that I seen it it came in a brick and mm -hmm. um, at 13 years old I thought I'd found the love of my life and we even shared the same name you know my name is Crystal and from that point on um, <clears throat> I started doing crystal math when I was like 13 years old um, with the older guy that that lived you know he had his own place his own car you know I didn't think anything wrong with it at that time I was still young and naive you know um, by 14 they had put me into um, drug rehabilitation, like I was an outpatient drug rehabilitation. By 15 years old, um, I started running away from home. I lived on the streets of Las Vegas, Nevada, um, homeless. Like, I mean, I had a home, but I didn't want to, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't party there. So I was on the streets of, of Las Vegas and I put myself in a lot of situations that, um, were completely unsafe. You know, um, <clears throat> I experienced a lot of like trauma when I was younger um, I was abused as a child. I was sexually abused as a child. And it kind of uh, took away my ability to say no. You know, I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to say no to things that I didn't want to say yes to. You know, I was just a very yeah. people pleasing person. And that carried on into my adult life. You know, um, mm -hmm. it took me a long time to learn how to set boundaries, to learn what like loving myself actually meant and what that really encompassed. You know, um, I <clears throat> did, I did drugs from the time I was 13 until I found out I was pregnant when I was 21. 
Mm-hmm. And then when I found out I was pregnant, I stopped everything completely. And I thought it was all over, you know, and then I switched to drinking, you know, I was like, well, at least I'm not smoking crystal no more. At least I'm not doing this. So it's like, I gave myself this excuse to still, still indulge in bad behavior. Um, I, if I wasn't drinking, I had a boyfriend who was drinking and I found myself in a lot of toxic relationships, you know, I'm still trying to do that people pleasing thing. And when I was sober during that time, I, you know, I, I learned how to tattoo. I was in a band. Um, I was in a band, like a punk rock, uh, thrash metal band for about five years. And um, then I went through an experience that like, com- like completely kind of broke my soul. You know, I ended up being with somebody that was doing inappropriate things with his daughter. And mm-hmm. it was a very, it, it, it was very eye opening in a lot of different aspects because it made me understand how hard it was to actually face that reality. You know, like I I held a lot of resentment for my mom when I was younger, like, well, why didn't you do anything about this situation? You know, like why, you know, I I carried a lot of resentment for a lot of people's parents, you know, well, how come you didn't do anything? You know, I always felt like, like if I ever caught somebody doing that, I would just stand up and, you know, cut their, cut their junk off or, you know, like, I always had this mentality that, you know, if that ever happened to me, like, oh, it'd be over. But when I found myself in that situation, it was the hardest reality that I'd ever had to face was actually coming to terms with the fact that the person that I loved was actually really doing inappropriate things, you know, and it kind of set me on a downward spiral. Like I um, ended up getting on disability. They, they diagnosed me with CPTSD and, um, I was terrified everywhere I went, like terrified because, I mean, he didn't go to jail. You know, they, the baby mama did take the baby and they left state, but he didn't go to jail. Nothing, you know, t- his story was that I was just, you know, um, a jealous ex-girlfriend, you know, like, and his whole family was after me. And like, I was terrified. I was terrified to leave my house. I was terrified to be at work. I was terrified to be anywhere. I quit my band. I lost my tattoo shop. I, you know, um, it took a lot of realization to understand how strong I really had to be to face that reality. And it gave me a lot of compassion for, you know, other parents that have been in that situation that weren't strong enough to face that reality, you know, that, um, and after that, I kind of spiraled downhill again and I relapsed and I, you know, I had a pipe one time and that one time lasted for another five years after that you know, and everything I like, I, I almost lost everything. Like my kid disowned me, you know, I went from not having a a door on my bedroom to always having my bedroom door locked. You know, um, I, I thought that people were watching me. Like I I went into the psychosis, like the, the drug induced, like psychosis where, you know, I thought my phone was listening to me. I thought that, you know, I was on some makeshift movie that I was like the star of this makeshift movie. Um, it got pretty scary. And then um, I started finding the, I found the law of attraction. You know, I started delving into the spiritual realms of stuff and found the law of attraction and started learning about how my inner, my inner talk was actually affecting my outer talk, you know, and I started watching, you know, Abraham Hicks and um, Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I was listening to tarot cards on, on YouTube. And I, um, I found Archangel Azrael, which is like the angel of death, but he's actually a, um, the the angel who helps God, you know, the, the helper of God. And I started really researching like like archangels and I 
ended up finding Jesus through um, my path of recovery. You know, like I grew up really pagan. I grew up in a coven and <clears throat> always like had really pagan roots. So, you know, I always have always had love for God, but never really gave Jesus a, a chance to enter my heart. So I opened my heart up to Jesus and um, like really delved into the whole law of attraction. You know, even when I was still in active addiction, I would tell myself, no, this is not what you do anymore. Even as I'm smoking, you know, like, oh, you don't smoke this anymore. You know, and the more I kept telling myself that, even though it felt strange at first, because I was still doing that, um, it ended up where I wasn't doing it anymore. You know, like I would tell myself, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. You know, as I'm smoking a cigarette, I don't smoke cigarettes. That's not who I am. You know, and then eventually, like, I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes now anymore. You know, I um, ended up getting a job and they wanted me to be a manager at the, the job that I'm working at now. Um, it, law of attraction, like learning how to speak to myself, you know, like the universe only says that is correct. Here's some more of whatever you are thinking. We have this idea that, um, that there's this omniant being that's judging us, you know, in the sky, you know, but yeah. what's chaos, what's chaos to the spider is, or what's chaos to the fly is normal to the spider, you know, like God's not judging the spider or the fly, you know, he just is unconditional love, you know, learning like right. Christ consciousness and that whole unconditional love. Yeah. With and with you sharing that story that is very um you know heartbreaking and it's um you know everybody is uh feeling that that pain that you went through and uh thank you for sharing that uh it's just i want people to understand that they're not alone in that situation that you've been through a lot of people going through the same thing and they suffering in silence they sometimes they uh, very afraid they scared to talk to anybody about it they feel shame they feel guilt it's all overwhelming and in the end it could be very detrimental to their own well-being to their life to the point where they you know think about taking their life away so it's very um, important to know that there are some people out there who can support you and help you to go through this. And um, there are either organization or like communities or just individual that you can reach out to. In your case, who were those people that helped you through, you know, those difficult times? Um, Adam Vibe Gutton. Um, he is the co-founder of Recovered on Purpose, mm -hmm. and um, he ended up in my messenger inbox out of nowhere when COVID first started happening. And I have about 5,000 people on my friends list, and I didn't know who he was. So I was like, who is this person that I'm talking mm -hmm. to? And I went and clicked on his profile, and it said Recovered on Purpose on his profile. Yeah. And I was like, Recovered on Purpose? I was like, I just, I just kept saying it over and over in my head, Recovered on Purpose. I was like, I want to say that. You know, I want to say that. Not only do I want to say that, but I want to mean that. And right. so I started, I started like watching from the safety of my home. I mean, cause I was kind of agoraphobic still at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so having an online, you know, the, the whole online community has been really, really helpful because I mean, it took a long time for me to be able to go to therapy. Like we, I felt like, oh, if I go to therapy, that's just admitting defeat, you know, like I had this, like this, this thing in my mind where I felt like it was a, an admission of defeat, like that I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't handle it on my own. And in reality, like it just, it showed me how strong I really was to actually go and seek assistance, you know, like 
there's a lot of people that think, oh, if I go to an AA meeting, like I can't get caught in an AA meeting, you know, what are people going to think of me, you know, but when I actually ended up attending my first AA meeting, Adam was a speaker there. And that was really the only reason why I went mm-hmm. is because he was my, like my mentor, you know, I looked up to him, I watched his videos online, you know, and like, I, I really wanted to become part of this recovered on purpose family. And he was speaking at a, um, and a, a meeting up in Colorado Springs. And I showed up late. And the room was already full of people. And I go to walk up to the door. And, you know, that's, there's the whole room full of people. Adam's already talking. And I go and I stick my hand on the doorknob and I'm like, no, 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 you can't go in there. You know, like you're just going to disrupt the whole thing. You can't go in there. And then um, I did that a couple of times and I was like fighting with myself in my head. Like, oh, you can't even make it on time to things you want to go to. You know, there's no point. You know, I started going through this self-sabotage, like, you know, and then finally somebody saw me at the door and they opened the door, you know, Mm -hmm. and they made me come in. And the only seat that was available was right up front. And I was like right in front of Adam and that very first meeting, he gave me one of his books and it's called um, from chains to saved. And um, it's his spiritual journey from the darkness of addiction into the, into spirituality, you know, finding Jesus and stuff. And he gave me his book and signed it and gave me a hug and um, like offered me a sponsor. I had no idea what a sponsor was. I was really just there to, you know, and like to see this person that had influenced, you know, me to try to change my behavior and, um, the, the sponsor that he gave me lived in a different town than I did. So it didn't end up working with that sponsor, but I ended up started going to meetings in my own town. And I just kept, kept up with recovered on purpose. I kept watching his videos. I kept listening to him talk. And I just kept saying, I am recovered on purpose. I am recovered on purpose. You know, and I was very loud about it. Like that's one thing that people have a tendency to do is they, they sit in a corner quietly, you know, and then fight all these demons themselves because they're, they feel like it's, it's hush, hush. It's like, they're, they're ashamed, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that that has caused a lot of separation, you know, but Mm -hmm. in my experience, I, I was, I'm like, no, I am recovering loud. I am recovering proud. I am recovered on purpose. Like not only did I recover, I recovered on purpose with purpose. Like I have a purpose to help people out there to understand that they're not alone, to know that it is possible, no matter how far, far gone, no matter how shameful you feel, no matter all the dirtiest dirt you, you have ever been through, you can come out of it. It is possible, you know? So, um, I ended up joining the recovery speaking, the recovery, tell your story powerfully recovery Mm -hmm. speaking course. And, um, I got certified as a recovery speaker and I wrote, wrote a book about addiction recovery and um, childhood sexual trauma. And I published it on my 41st birthday in October and I dedicated it to my inner child. Oh, that's beautiful. And the name of that book, Say You Love, right? Yes. Yes. It's Uh, S.Y.L, but it's Say You Love. And it's the um, testimony over the darkness of childhood sexual abuse and addiction. Yeah, that's beautiful. I just want you to share what actually inspired you to write a book, like why you wanted to be a book in the first place to kind of like make yourself heard. Well, it was a testimony that saved me. It was Adam's testimony from Recovered on Purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. and he wrote a book and he wrote a book in five weeks. And um, I, I really wanted to to follow in his footsteps. And um, 
I, once I joined the coaching program, like it's a speaking course, but he's like, Crystal, mm-hmm. he's like, ever since I've met you, like your, your speech just comes out like a book. He's like, I think you need to do it the way that I did. And mm-hmm. as soon as we made a date, I set the date for my birthday and I wrote my entire book on my phone. Oh, wow. Everything, the whole entire process I did with my phone. I did the text to speech. I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, feel that they can't do something like that because they don't have a computer. You know, they don't have the, they don't have the, the spelling, they don't have grammar, you know, and with the technology that's out there nowadays, like I did text or or, um, talk to text Mm -hmm. on my phone for my whole entire book. And um, Adam uh, introduced me to his publisher or his proofreader, and I turned it over to the proofreader and she got it formatted. And I went to 99 designs to have like a, like a, there was a competition between like graphic artists for my cover, you know, you kind of give them an idea of what you want. And then they, they bid for, you know, for, to be the winner of um, your book cover. And I picked my cover and I actually got it published on my birthday within the five week period that we set. And I did it all from my phone. Wow. Yeah. Like you mentioned, everything could be done as long as you have, uh, you know, purpose intention and you are willing to be um you know kind of like true to yourself to be honest with yourself and to speak up about everything that's bothering you to um, not being afraid to talk to people who can help you and uh, that recovery could you know grow into something that would show you the purpose in your life and you have to be strong enough resilient enough to kind of get through and see yourself on the other side uh, and see how strong you truly are and how much power you have within you and in order to find that power that source of power you have to reconnect to yourself first and that reflects into your outer world it's just a natural way of, uh, you know, aligning yourself with the universal energy, I guess. And um, being spiritual and religious is two different things. And uh, I think, um, you know, some people are more inclined to one or another, but in any case, they will find that kind of um I would say non-physical part of themselves that help them to get through those obstacles or life challenges. And um, I think we need to dedicate time every day to reconnect to ourselves um, on, you know, to, to know uh, how strong we are and where we're going. Well, I mean, everybody considers love is just like, you know, this between two people, you know, Mm -hmm. and love is just is unconditional. The who, the where, the what, the when, the why are all conditions of something that just is, which is love, you know, and I have Mm -hmm. SYL tattooed on the inside of my mouth, like Mm -hmm. the, like my book cover um, to help remind me that everything that comes out of my, out of my mouth should be within love, you know, and that's really what Christ consciousness was about. It doesn't, I don't care what you want to call God. I don't care if you call it Jesus, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, a pin over there, you know, whatever brings you closer to your higher self, to your inner being, you know, I mean, we are all spiritual, spiritual, 
you know, um, entities living in a human life, like we're all living in the same cell, you know, the same, the same life sentence in, in a different mm-hmm. cell, you know, and everybody's experience is different. But I feel like we're all extensions of like God just trying to experience every single possible possibility that there is out there. Because even if I say the word taco to you, my taco is different, no matter if I explain it, if, I, if you're the most empathic person in the world, and you can feel what I'm saying, you can still only feel from your your level of, of awareness from your from your perception mm. like nobody like you can't tell a a uh, a bird what jacuzzi what jacuzzi bubbles feel like you know you have to actually experience what a jacuzzi bubble feels like to yourself like I will never know what it's like to be a tree but that tree does you know the bird that's weathering the storm inside that tree like has no idea what it's like to be a human you know but mm-hmm. I do you know and I think that everything once you see everything as like an extension of of God that there is really it's it's God like experiencing every single possible possibility that there is to experience, you know, and it, right. it, it, it makes it a lot more like I can see the God in everybody, you know, I can see, mm-hmm. I can see like, wow, that, you know, the person that is, is digging through the trash can, you know, homeless digging through the trash can going through, through some sort of crazy major, you know, experience like, wow, what an amazing, um, what an amazing story that God is living, you know, like what an amazing mm. experience that 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 person is, is a representation of God, you know, like then you think yeah. of all the people who are who, you know, are on vacation in their boats, you know, people flying by in a plane, the person driving in a car next to you, you know, it's like mm-hmm. everybody is having their own, their own personal representation of an experience for God, you know. Yeah, that's true. And uh, we need to be aware that every one of us is, like you said, a representation of God, and they're living through their own stories, their own experiences. And uh, we just need to be compassionate uh, to those people and don't judge them. Just kind, be kind and to understand that they're going through their own challenges in life. And uh, that's very uh, important to kind of note for everybody to uh, not be judgmental. Uh, and uh, I think uh, in unity together, we find solutions and um, a healing process as long as we are being compassionate and uh, not, um, you know, exercising any kind of negative uh, feeling towards others so first we need to heal ourselves and also be considerate of others feeling as well and together we're gonna heal in much better evolving society like a starseed once i learned about the term starseed like Mm -hmm. it it completely changed my whole outlook on everything like i really feel like i am here as a liver as a as a living light being here to help raise the consciousness of the planet into unconditional love like to spread unconditional love onto the ley lines of the planet you know and that you, when you when you pluck a guitar string if it if if the one guitar string is in tune it makes the other string vibrate you know yeah. so whatever you're vibrating at whatever level your your vibration at is affecting everything around you you know so i right. I've, I've learned to be very aware of like not only my of what i'm thinking in my mind but the vibration that i'm putting out into the world you know because it it's love is just as contagious as fear is you know and they're they're all just a frequency you know I believe that once you own everything that you have ever done, everything that you have ever, like every part of yourself, you know, you become 
you become rich in ways that nobody can take from you. You know, once, once I owned everything that I've ever done, any shameful, anything, there's nothing anybody that can, there's nothing anybody can say to me that if it isn't true, that I won't be like, okay, yeah, I own that, you know, and it, that comes with such, such enrichment inside myself. You know, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing that anybody can say to me that I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to go hide in a corner, you know, or I feel bad about that. Like, yes, I did that. You know, yes, that is true. Or yes, that isn't true. You know, and I believe that, that, that owning, you know, all of your shameful parts of you and, and, and expressing love for them, like helps you stand as a taller person, like helps you, helps other people see that they can do that within themselves as well. You know, like once you own everything that you have ever done and ever are, then there's, there's nothing that anybody can do to you, say to you or take from you, you know, it, it, it's a richness that you can, you can, you will go to your grave with, you know, like material stuff can be taken, you know, um, people come and go, but your sense of self, like, you know, like I, there's, I have this new found like sense of love for myself that I, it'll go with me wherever I go you know, like finding true happiness inside myself. Like Mm -hmm. it took a long time to stop people pleasing to say no, you know, like nobody tells Mm -hmm. you, everybody says, oh, you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself. But nobody tells you how to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. nobody tells you what that encompasses, you know, right. Telling people that you love, no, you know, no, you can't come and stay with me, you know, because it is detrimental to my own well-being. No, I'm not going to come to your house at two o'clock in the morning because you called me for a booty call. You know, no, I'm not going to just take all your laundry and fold it and do all this stuff because you, you know what I mean? Like we, Mm -hmm. we have a tendency to people please. And we think that they should love us more if we do these things. And in all honesty, we're just hurting ourselves you know, and we, they're, we're always trying to fill some sort of internal void with an external solution. And it, it always comes from the inside. Right. And uh, when people trying to find the external uh, sources of love, it will always be scarce. You will not be abundant because that's where you find yourselves within you. And that power will always be with you. Nobody can take that away from you. And like you said, own everything that you are, everything that you possess, because this is who you, you, you were born and, uh, this is who you are. And even if you did something, that you're not proud of in the past, you should also own it because you know you are responsible for changing. You know, you can change to the person, to the you know, the best version of you that you can be. It's in your power. As long as you are you know ready to realize that that's when you get that power back and you start changing and you start improving and evolving. So you have to um also yeah like you said realize the difference between people pleasing or trying to find that uh type of um love or i don't know some kind of appreciation from the outside but um it will never be enough and uh, you will never satisfy everybody it's impossible you will be always people who don't like you so it's just a fact and you just need to accept that and there is no need to try to please everybody you know so once we get to that place where we understand that we are enough 
I don't need any um, external validation. And um, that's within me. I have that power to move on. And that's where we find true happiness and love, unconditional love. And and finding unconditional love for the shameful things within ourselves is, it's, it's easy to forgive other people, you know, like, oh, you're just human, I forgive you. But then we harp on ourselves, you know, like, I can't believe I did this. I'm such a disgusting person, you know, and we beat ourselves up like so much more than we do to other people. You know, like we don't forgive ourselves and we are so much harder on ourselves than we are. Like if our child, you know, did something wrong, we're not going to harp on our child for years and years and years because they touched a hot stove, you know, like we let them learn. We love them. We encourage them, but we don't, we don't turn that love towards ourselves, you know, and a lot of us have turned, turned away from our inner child. You know, we, we have ignored our inner child. We've ignored the, the, the child that is like, no, please forgive me. You know, please forgive me for the things that I did not know, you know, please forgive me for, for having these survival mechanisms, you know, that I, I wasn't aware of, you know, I believe the only mistakes we make in life are the ones we don't learn from, because I mean, Mm -hmm. if you honestly don't know that something is a mistake, then it's not a mistake. It's a mistake. You know, you'll have an Mm -hmm. opportunity to do it again, you know, and I, I truly believe like, if you honestly didn't know something was wrong or, you know, um, you, you mess up, everybody messes up, you know, but we have a, we, we harp on ourselves so much harder than we, we would to our own child. And I think we need to learn how to like, like literally, like I started hugging myself. Like I would look myself in the mirror and I'd be like, I am sorry. Like the, the Hana Anapono, the Hana, like, I love you, please forgive Mm me. You know, that those, I, I would literally look in the mirror and, and like see my, my inner child. Like when I thought of my inner child running up to me when I was in active addiction, like, oh, what did we do when we grow up? You know, just all bright eyed and excited, you know, and then mm-hmm. I just get to tell her all of this trauma and addiction and, you know, people pleasing and all this stuff. And it broke my heart to think about my inner child running up to me, you know, and me having to tell her all of these things. And after I wrote my book and I dedicated it to my inner child, I was like, now I can I can, when my inner child runs up to me and she's like, what did we do? What did we do? All bright eyed, you know, I can look at her and be like, we did this and this and this. And now we are helping people to evolve themselves so that their inner child can run up to them and do the same thing, you know? And I just got goosebumps. I, it, like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it means a lot. Yeah. And actually that type of um, exercise is very uh, powerful. When you imagine your inner child, just close your eyes, like in your third eye, just some kind of visualization where like you see yourself right now talking to your inner child at that time when you were like five, six. And um, that conversation in your head could release a lot of, um, you know, kind of trauma or like something that would uh, prevent you from moving forward. Every type of like kind of limit that you associated with uh, past with your mistakes that you did because you didn't know uh, and um, something that could have happened. And that's where you can release that, um, uh, you know, that grief or maybe like some negative feelings that you might have and just talk to that inner child like you're talking to your own child with compassion knowing that um it's time to forgive and now 
you doing that conversation like in real time and you forgive that person and you feel such a release in in real time where you can really feel something got lighter and you can just um move forward and take that behind you know leave it behind you and uh that actually helps i had a very my inner child was very angry she was a very very angry like she was angry. She was very angry, you know, mm -hmm. and it would express, I would express myself in, you know, lashing out on different people that I loved or, you know, like um, self-sabotage, you know, like the, the, the fear of success was, is, was way more difficult for me than the fear of failure. Like I was, I'm okay with failure. Like I can do that on any drop of the dime. Like I've, I've got that under control, but the mm -hmm. idea of actually succeeding was very scary for me. And I had to really like face that inside myself, you know, like, okay, what happens if you do succeed in this, you know, what's going, you know, like you have people that depend on you, you know, you have people that are out there that are scared of your success as well, because if you're successful, then that takes time away from them, you know, and then you start people pleasing again, you know, yeah. but it, my, my inner child was very angry. She was very angry. She felt very, um, you know, like, uh, used and abused, taken advantage mm -hmm. of, you know, that nobody listened, nobody cared, you know, that everybody was just out to hurt her, you know, and like she had, like, why didn't anybody do anything about it when I was a child, you know, like I had a lot of unresolved anger issues from being a child, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it, came out in my adulthood, you know, towards my, yeah. towards loved ones, toxic relationships, you know, I kept inviting toxicity into my life because I had toxicity inside of me, you know, mm -hmm. and like trauma bonding was a real thing. Like trauma bonds is definitely a real thing. You know, we start, yeah. we start relating with our trauma, you know, oh, well, this happened to me. Well, this happened to me. Okay. Well now we can be together and, you know, talk about these things and, and heal each other, but really it doesn't end up healing each other. It just ends up opening those wounds further and further, you know, mm -hmm. um, learning, learning like healthy behavior behaviors towards relationships was something that, I mean, I just turned 41. It's taken me my whole life to figure out um, what that even encompasses, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that you shared with us um, your journey of becoming the person you are today and to come into this beautiful place where you, you know, started to heal and put that behind you but also like take something away from what you learned and that definitely made you stronger more resilient and um, I see a bright future for yourself uh, and I'm very glad that we had that conversation for our listeners and I will put the description um, the episode description with the link to check your book so if somebody is interested they can look into that in more detail and uh, thank you so much thank it was a pleasure talking to you absolutely all right and um, enjoy your day you as well mm -hmm. bye thank you for listening to my podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did follow my show and leave me a review i'd love to hear from you to check out intern store go to internpodcast.com stay tuned